Hi there, my name is Mediege Mashanete, and this is a podcast about the difficult transitions into adulthood. Join us as we speak about the bittersweet moments of becoming more independent, developing one's identity, and learning to handle more complex relationships. Dumalang, dumalang, dumalang. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to yet another episode of Transitioning with Mediechi Mashangaide. I'm pretty excited about this one, and I'm hoping you're just as excited and ready for the loving, the painful, the joyous, and the uncomfortable chats we'll be having on this podcast. I'm hoping that we can all learn and unlearn from each other and grow together. Because this life journey is certainly not an add-on. Which brings me to today's topic. And that is dealing with unhealthy loneliness and asking for help. So lately, I've been feeling very low. I've been feeling very lost, very detached, and extremely lonely. You see, we're told that being alone is not necessarily a bad thing. It's actually a great thing. Solitude offers us the chance to recharge, to think, to breathe, to generate, to create, to strategize, and to often process what is going on around us. As humans, we need a time alone to contemplate our place in this world. We always hear about the taking a time off to fill your cup before filling up those of others. And as cliche as it sounds, it's true. We need to take time to ground and rest ourselves so that we can come back to our interpersonal relationships with energy and more passion. But I'll admit, I'm a social butterfly, right? I love being around people. I love chatting away. And I'm also extremely protective of my space. When I sense that I'm feeling low, I remove myself immediately and entirely. To a point where I struggle to ask for help, even when needed. And it's because I feel like sometimes we all go through things and I don't want to bother anyone or inconvenience them in any way. I certainly don't think it's a pride thing, but I think it's a learned mechanism to trauma. And I'll explain. So dependence starts when we are born and lasts until we die. We accept our dependence as babies and ultimately with varying degrees of resistance, We accept help when we get to the end of our lives. Not that we have a choice. But in the middle of our lives, we mistakenly fall prey to the myth that successful people are those that help rather than need. And broken people are those that need rather than help. So you might be asking yourself, if we learn dependence from a very young age, where does the detachment come from? Well, the main reason is fear. Fear of being rejected and receiving the answer no. I don't think anyone likes to be told no. Well, I don't. (laughs) Such concerns can be traced back to childhood. Remember that trauma that I was talking about? Yeah. As we grow up, we often get afraid of being rejected, especially by our parents. We slowly learn to avoid rejection by not asking for something that would most probably be answered negatively. In adulthood, these fears can take a different form. 
from the fear of being rejected to the fear of becoming a burden to someone, the fear of depending on someone or appearing weak and out of control. I know that I do this quite often. Um, Growing up, I had very, very strict parents. And often I would not ask to go out or I would not ask to have lunch with my friends or anything like that because I knew that my parents would say no. And so I would often lie to my friends and say, oh, my family and I are having something um, this weekend, so I can't come out with you guys. But in actual fact, I knew that my parents would say no. So I wouldn't ask. And instead of, you know, getting that disappointing answer of no, I would rather disappoint my friends by telling them that, you know, this is what has happened by giving them an excuse that I made up. But um, the truth of the matter is that no amount of money, influence, resources or determination will change our physical, emotional and spiritual dependence on others. The most important part about dependence and navigating alone time is learning discipline. Because if you don't, you'll find yourself feeling lonely in a room full of people, which often sucks. That is because you don't give yourself time to recharge. You don't give yourself time to be alone and fully immerse yourself in what you like, what you, what your aspirations are, where you see yourself. And so when you are around people, you feel lost because you haven't gotten that time to to know yourself, to figure yourself out. So in as much as loneliness is a good thing, it can quickly turn into a constant cycle of unhealthy behaviors. Alone time can be a time of introspect and it can be a time of refueling. But if being lonely is keeping you from doing basic tasks such as getting out of bed in the morning, getting dressed, eating, or having a normal life, you should consider seeking professional help. Anytime you recognize behavioral changes like these in yourself, it is a good time to stop, take a breath, and consider gathering the courage to be vulnerable and ask for help. It can be from a family member, it can be from a friend, it can be a licensed psychologist, but loneliness especially when it starts to cause other mental health issues or being fed by them, demands your attention. If life is feeling very overwhelming and like you have this enormous burden off your shoulder, try and make it small. What I mean by this is if you're a person like me who's motivated by to-do lists, make a to-do list that breaks down big tasks into small ones. Something that helps me is to write down everything I have to do for the day. So even the small tasks like eating breakfast, making time to take a walk, calling a friend back, those can make life so much easier. When I'm able to cross these things out, it makes me realize that I'm actually being productive. And even with limited motivation and energy, if you use your mood, It makes you realize that you might often overlook your current situation. With the pressure of this pandemic, many have fallen prey into the unconscious loneliness and sadness. So when you see a friend feeling down or when you see that a family member is going down the dark path of loneliness, do not, and I repeat, 
do not undermine or invalidate their feelings by uttering words such as you're not trying harder, you're always in bed, you're high now with friend. Don't do that. Don't be that person. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, but instead approach the situation with caution and advise sympathetically. You can randomly take your friend out, buy them something they like, suggest that they try something different that you know aligns with their interests, or simply just calling them to have a chat. These often make a huge difference. You never know how vital and important such small gestures are, especially for someone who's currently hurting deeply. I know that life is hard and that life is showing us flames. But just know that every rainbow comes after some heavy thunderstorms. And I just want to say that I'm extremely proud of you for choosing to continue fighting daily and choosing to honor your life by pushing through the pain. That's a big achievement and you should be very proud of yourself because you are doing well. So... Thank you for listening and I hope that this podcast has shined some perspective into your life and made you realize that you have a greater purpose. I love you and I love you and I love you and mostly you. Until the next one, stay blessed. Love you lots. Bye. (laughs)